Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is good to be in the Lord's house with you today at Sulphur Springs. If you have a copy of Scripture, let me invite you to the 11th chapter of the book of John. 11th chapter of the book of John. I apologize. I forgot my vest that goes over so I don't look as Baptisty as I should today but I will report to you that I've never seen a suit and tie save anybody. I've seen more people come to the Lord in my flip-flops and in my shorts than I ever have in a suit and tie because it is not about your suit and tie that births people into the kingdom of heaven. It's about actually witnessing in your flip-flops, in your shorts, Living for Jesus day in and day out. I am from Stony Point, so I brought the wrong USB. I do apologize for that. Um, I am technically challenged in every way of the word of technically. So I do apologize for that. I would say thank you for clothes. I would say thank you for shoes that I would have showed a couple pictures of. I would have showed you uh, a new church building that we dedicated uh, on behalf of, of churches such as Sulphur Springs. And uh, that was in a village. Uh, they're still having their meetings. They never got the news that COVID came. But anyway, uh, they're, they're back in the sticks, if you will. And they crowd in there every Sunday. It's a sanctuary about the size of a quarter of your diocese area up here, the, the elevated portion. And they meet there every Sunday. And they have taken the gospel to another village about two miles past that village where another group of about 60 or 70 people live and they planted the seed there and because of the gospel and the power of it um, the Lord has saved those 70 people as well and I say glory be to God and what he is doing what he has done church it's not over yet so don't quit yet and even if it does look like it's over, like our story today is going to show us, it's not over until Jesus says it's over. People said, well, why don't God heal me? Well, you know what? It might not be his timing yet, but one day he will if you're truly a believer. I knew a lady who battled cancer at the revival I was speaking at last, this past week in South Carolina, passed away. said, well, didn't she lose at cancer? No, she just won when she ever crossed over. She'll never have pain She'll never have sickness again. I know what people are thinking. Well, Brother Todd, if there won't be any pains in heaven, you won't be there. Your last name's Pain. There will be one pain in heaven. <laughs> so uh, I hope and trust there will be four. And uh, according to their testimony and what they said they believe, there will be. But I've given you time to find your place there. If you're willing and able to stand, let me invite you to do that, to reverence the reading of God's Word. I will share another story or two about our trip to India this past year as I go through the message this morning as the Lord puts it on my heart. But um, it is an honor. I want to say thank you. I have a thank you card before I forget that too. Uh, I have a lot on my plate. So but there you go, Brother James. That's a thank you from one of the kids that y'all personally bought clothes for. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A thousand times thank you for all that you do for the ministry in India through prayer especially through prayer, and uh, I tell you, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for prayer, and some of you wouldn't either, and if you don't realize that, boy, you need to know your Jesus better and what he's done for you, 
But at any rate, I want to go into the scripture today and I want to look at what the Lord's put on my heart to share with you in these moments together. John 11, verse number 38, the Bible begins reading, Jesus, therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. Then they took the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee, thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. You can be seated this morning. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we study it together. Indian story says there was an elephant and a mouse crossed a bridge of cable, a cable bridge, and it was long, it was kind of a swinging bridge, and after they crossed the bridge, the elephant and the mouse, they got to the other side, the mouse looked at the elephant and said, man, we really shook that thing. Now, I don't know if you listened to what story I just told you, but the mouse thought he had part in this adventure in shaking and quaking the bridge and making it to move. I've got news for you today who are here uh, if you're the mouse with that attitude, let me tell you something. It was not you that shook the bridge. It was the Lord. If anything accomplishes for his glory and his name's sake, you ought to always say, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. I'm grateful that the Lord is still saving souls. I'm grateful that the opportunity for us to share the gospel is still there. But in our story today, something happens that doesn't normally happen. A dead man came back to life and whenever a child of God becomes a child of God that's exactly what happens a dead man comes to life now, you don't have to believe that you don't have to have that in your doctrine if you don't want to but I want to report to you your doctrine's wrong because God makes dead men live that's exactly what he does he makes blind men see he makes lame men walk that's what he does and when we delay uh, or deny him in his supernatural, it kind of postpones what God wants to do. So today I want to look at blocking your blessings because a lot of people are blocking the blessing that God wants to give them because of their doubt, because of their unfaithfulness, because of their doubt in what Jesus has already told them. So we want to go through this story of Lazarus today. And see how God can do a great work in your life. I don't know if you've noticed or not. But our country needs the supernatural to step in. Because the natural doesn't look to be working too well. 
We need, we need God to do a work in our nation because what we've been trying in our own strength and in our own efforts just doesn't seem to be cutting it. I don't know if y'all have noticed or not, but I have. We need a Jesus to step in to help us in, in, what, in what he's called us to do to see the supernatural come around and, to, and to, to do what only God can do in this day and hour. God has a natural law uh, which is governed by the world. He does what goes up must come down. I don't know if y'all ever threw any rocks up and experienced that, but it works, okay? Throw one up today and don't get too close to it because it can come back down and hit you in the head. That's, that's natural law, but supernatural is when God trumps his own law. He goes past what is possible. He goes past what is impossible even and makes it therefore possible. Supernatural is when God rules over natural to accomplish something for his glory. That's what's happened in our text today in John 11. He overruled the natural death and he overcame it with supernatural. It's what happened when blind men seen. It's what happened when lame men walked. God, God took what was natural and what was supposed to be and he overcame it with the supernatural. Now when you accepted Christ as your personal savior, you entered into a realm of supernatural. Whether you believe that or not, that's exactly what happened because you could not save yourself. That was natural that you was lost. It was supernatural that he gave his life for you to birth you into his family. I do not deserve to be a child of God, nor does anyone at Sulphur Springs Baptist deserve to be a child of God, but you ought to bless his name, something supernatural stepped in on your behalf that's what happened it means now since you're a supernatural child of God that you have access to that which operates outside of the natural and in saying that I'm pretty sure you probably heard that song the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us I'm grateful today to tell you that it does and he is alive and some some of you look like you might need that life inside of you because it looks like something's got you down in the dumps today. I don't know if you ever had to look from this position. Boy, it's sad sometimes. You ought to be smiling today just to be here. Just not, hey, you're not in a hospital bed today. Thank God for that. Amen. I'm glad to see your faces today. I, I, I love you. And it, it, just, it blesses my heart to see, to see each one who's here today. What a blessing it is. But we're so tied up in the natural and what's going on around us that we often miss, we often resist, we often deny the supernatural that God's wanting to do in our life, in our nation, in our country. But it's got to start with you and being obedient. Our story takes us to the Lazarus' resurrection. The entire chapter of chapter number 11 is about this one story. That's pretty awesome. God devoted an entire chapter in his word to one story. And the summary of it is the M&M sisters. I don't know if y'all know who I'm talking about. Mary and Martha, they're, they're here in the text today. Uh, and he's called, on, he's called on Jesus to heal sick Lazarus. He's been sick. And uh, they've asked Jesus to come. And uh, Jesus delays. He says, he says these words. He says, the sickness is not unto death. Now that's the word of God. He said, this sickness is not unto death. And... Jesus delays, Lazarus dies, Jesus shows up, what we think too late in the story in John 11, if you ever read it, after, after he said he wouldn't die, now Lazarus is dead, they've called on him, 
And we have two frustrated sisters in our story today. Martha, the very verbal one, says to Jesus, Jesus, if you would have been here uh, where you should have been, uh, this wouldn't have happened. Where were you when we needed you? I don't know if y'all have ever said that or not, but if truth be told, there are many sitting here today who feel disappointed by the Lord too. The Lord didn't do what he clearly thought you were going and had mind that he would do, how he would do it. You thought he would hurry, but he's been slow. You thought, you thought he would heal, and, and he just didn't. He's taking his time. <laughs> he's answered your prayer oppositely of what you thought he would. Uh, your desire doesn't seem to be coming true, if you will, here in the story today is exactly what has happened. Some, some of you may even feel as if God made your situation worse. He was just sick. Now he's dead. That, that doesn't seem any better, does it? There it is, and I want to jump into the story there. Uh, in verse number 38, again, I want to read this for you. The Bible says in verse 38, Jesus, therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus is disturbed by, by what he, he's dealing with there in the life of Mary and Martha sisters. And Lazarus was a friend. He's also, he's also upset. Kids, if y'all want the easiest Bible verse in the world to get a piece of candy, it's in this chapter. John eleven thirty five. 35, just before where I started reading. If you want a free Hershey's Kiss or whatever they distribute in your Sunday school room whenever you learn a Bible verse... John eleven thirty five 35 is your ticket to an M&M, amen? It says these words in John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. That was my first Bible verse, and, and I tell you, it's still my go-to, amen? They say, do you know any scriptures? Yes, sir, I do. Jesus wept, and he did. He cried because he had lost a friend named Lazarus. And I want you to know something. Jesus wants to call you friend today. And because you're not alive yet, I believe Jesus is still weeping in heaven over your soul. Asking, asking the Father, Lord, uh, Father, would you just delay our, our going back? Would you just delay my return just a little longer? Give that child another chance. They're still dead. I want to see them come to life. In our story in verse 38, it is, it's disturbed Jesus. He's groaning there in, in this text. He's sharing the lady's pain, if you will, and uh, while Jesus sympathizes with our infirmities, we know that Hebrews chapter number 4 saying he's our great high priest is actually true. He comes to the tomb and when he arrives at the tomb, he, he's broken, he, he's feeling their pain. He knows what it's like to lose a friend. He knows what it's like to lose a loved one. Uh, he, he's experienced that. He is our great high priest and when he gets there, he issues a command in verse number 39. The Bible says in verse 39, after he sees the cave and the stone laying upon it, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead for four days. Remove the stone was the command. Jesus gives this command, and I want you to know something. In Christianity, God gives us some commands. Did you know God wants to, to involve you in Christianity? I don't know. Some Christians haven't caught on to that yet. You say, how do you know, brother? Because they do absolutely nothing. 
Amen. I'll amen that one for you. You're scared to amen that one because that may involve you in that statement because you haven't been doing anything for the Lord lately. And you're like, man, he's talking to me. Move, move the stone. Now Martha, she gives, she gives Mouthy Martha's uh, uh, reply. She says, Lord, surely by now he stinks. Now the command from, from the Lord himself was move the stone, but the excuse for Martha is he stinketh by now. And uh, we do the exact same thing when we don't like the instructions that the Lord gives to us. We argue back with human logic, don't we? Where we just go, hey, Lord, that's impossible. Why even bother moving the stone? Why, why even try? Why even put forth an effort to something that's going to be wasted anyway? Surely by now it's been four days he's stinking. And your facts may be 100% correct. Four days he's dead. Surely he stinks. <laughs> Verse 40. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto you, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. <laughs> now let me give you the Todd Payne translation. Okay, are you ready? Verse 40 says this, can't you hear? You not paying attention? Your ears not working? Because I've already told you that if you would believe, are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? We've been blocking our blessings because of what we don't believe in. Church, don't believe in CNN. Believe in what Christ says. Don't believe what news media scripted, church. Let me go ahead and tell you that today. Oh my gosh, did he just say that? The Bible's scripted too, but it's true. I'd believe what Jesus says over what your favorite reporter says. It doesn't matter how nice she dressed. I know what Jesus did for me. Your reporter didn't do anything for you except for tell you a lie for the biggest part of it. Church, he is the truth. And he says, I've told you something. Didn't you hear what I said? So, so let me explain why his words are important because Jesus never wastes a word, okay? He never wastes any of his words in the Bible. They're all exact and true and written there for our benefit. He never says anything just because he felt like chatting. Y'all got some chatty friends. Jesus ain't a chatty savior. Okay, he's not the chatty Christ who likes to just say stuff and throw stuff out there that absolutely, y'all ever talk to people that their conversation didn't mean a dime to you when you got finished with it? Like, what in the world? I even spend time listening to that bunch of junk. I got people who like to talk, they like to call me just to talk. I don't want to listen to you. I mean, they think I like listening to what they've got to say and I don't. Maybe you've got some friends like that. Evidently you do because you're smiling and giggling. That they just, they're a waste of time. But I've got news for you. Anytime God speaks to you, it's not a waste of time. There's not a wasted word. Every jot, every tittle in God's word. So he's saying, ladies, why didn't you pay exact attention to what I had to say? Nothing, nothing will block the supernatural of God working in our land and in your life and in our communities more than your logic will. Because Hey, he stinks now, Lord. I, I, I don't think we should move the stone. And some of, our, some of us even today, I hope you're not one of the us, but some of us today even have, have educated our way out of the possibility of the supernatural in our lives. We're just too smart for God. We just know too much. Lord, you don't know how much I know about you. You know what? 
it's not a scratch on the surface of what you think you know. We're too intelligent for heaven. We're too brilliant for the kingdom of God. So we live on our, we live on our own logic and therefore we miss out and we live in the natural alone. Didn't I say, is what the word says in verse number 40, didn't I say if you believe, you should see the glory of God? If, if you believe, what would you see? What did the Bible say? If you believe, what would you see? This is deep. The glory of God. Okay, it's in your book. Okay, you could have cheated on that one. Yeah, you would see the glory of God. Church, do you think we need to see the glory of God in our country again? You know what? We block our blessings. You say, Brother Todd, what do you mean block our blessings? That people say this scripture all the time, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people. <laughs> Boy, we love to quote it, but nobody wants to get right. Nobody wants to pray. Nobody wants to do what it actually says. Amen. I'll amen that one for you. We just like to come and get in our cozy spot on Sunday, whether it's in a car, whether it's online, whether it's in a pew. I, I spoke last week about the sleeping saints. I, boy, I tell you what, people love their padded pews. Take up your bed, arise, and walk. But the Baptists love their beds. See, nobody wants to bring the person to Jesus and lower him through the roof. Everybody loves their bed. They just want to stay on their bed. Don't go, don't go your own way and do what he actually said. Our logic says, hey, it don't work. My witnessing won't work. Yes, it will. You shine the light in darkness. We're living in some dark days, church, and he, he needs us. And if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So what is the glory of God? It is God on display. There is nothing more greater than you'll ever experience in life than when you lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Well, there's nothing better. That's better than Grandma's cornbread, son. I know you think Grandma's cornbread is good and the beans that go with it and everything else. It beats that. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You want to see the Lord's good, share the good word of God with people who have never heard it. Boy, to bless them. And when you see it happen, you realize that God wanted to use you in the miracle Man, it'll bless you too. What a blessing it is that the Lord called us. So what is the glory of God? It is, it is God on display. It is God revealing himself to you in your situation. The glory of God is when God advertises himself and says, Hey, this is me. This is only me. I told you I'd share a story or two with you of, of our trip. This year we've seen a, a Hindu lady in the northern parts of India in the state of Punjab come to the Lord Jesus Christ. She was in a hospital. She had cancer. She had a spot on her shoulder. I had a picture of, of this, and doggone it, I apologize. Let me show you the wrong pen drive. Yeah, it, it, it was no good. See, that's blank, like my mind is a lot of times. But at any rate, uh, wrong pen drive. But it had a picture on there of this girl who had cancer. It was, it was a, a large spot on the backside of her shoulder, about the size of a softball. And... Uh, Radiation didn't work. Chemo didn't work. She had been in the hospital for months, running out of money. Um, that's where she was. Her name was Ronnie. And uh, the Lord did a great work in Ronnie's life. Um, one of our pastor friends who works in that area, had a believer in the hospital, met Ronnie. And uh, while he was there, every day he was going to pray for his believer. He would stop at her door and say, 
Can I pray for you? No, we believe in Sheba. We believe in Krishna. Okay, but the invite was always there. Can I pray for you? Can I, can I come in? Can I step into your situation? Can I, can I help you? And I believe Christians ought to do that. You ought to try to step into people's situations and uh, be part for them, uh, show light in darkness. And he did that. And finally, after the believer was getting out of the hospital, she, his believer had been there for about two weeks. She got out. And uh, after going out that day, he stopped one more time and said, Ronnie, can I pray with you? She said, Pastor, just come here just for a second. I'd, I'd like to ask you a question. And Pastor Aji went in and uh, Ronnie said, what is it that's different about your God that's different about my God? I love what he said. He said, he said honey, my God is real. My God is alive. I don't know about you today, but my God is real. And my God is alive. I don't know which God you have, but mine is alive. And if yours is too, there ought to be life inside of you, not death. Amen? That's what He said, I, I, I'm going to pray with you if you'll let me. She said, no, don't pray with me. He said, okay. Let me at least leave you a New Testament. He gave him Gideon's New Testament and in the back of every Gideon's New Testament, he writes his name and his phone number just in case. Just in case they actually read it. And God actually does something. Well, he left the New Testament there with Ronnie. About three weeks later, he got a phone call. Got a phone call, and there was a vibrant young lady's voice, 19 years old, on the phone. He said, Pastor Aji, you're not going to believe this. He said, who is this? He said, she said, this is Ronnie the girl from the hospital. She said, three weeks ago, you gave me a Bible and I had so much pain in my shoulder. Nothing was working with my doctor and with my chemo and with my radiation. Y'all remember the lady with the, wo the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years? She had spent everything and nothing worked. But when Jesus came in, hallelujah, it worked. Ronnie was there and she said, every time I would read the Bible, my pain would be less in my shoulder. So I read it more. And the more I read it, the less the pain. And after two weeks, the size of the volleyball-sized cancer that was coming from my bone and my shoulder had shrunk down to nothing. And they dismissed me from the hospital cancer-free after two and a half weeks. Now's my third week. I'm at home cancer-free. And the Lord Jesus has become my Savior. He said, how did that happen? She said, when the pain would go away, I would keep reading, and I'd keep reading, but when I'd stop reading, the pain would start to come back, so I thought I'd just read more, and the more I read, the more he revealed, and the more he revealed, the more I come to know him, and the more I come to know him, the more I knew he loved me, the more I come to know he loved me, and what he did for me on the cross of Calvary, he led me to himself, and church today, I want you to know something, that the Lord does not need the mouse to cross the bridge with him to say we shook it on the other side. He needs us to know that we're in this together. He wants us to be with him. He loves you. He wants to involve you in the ministry so that you can go out and share God's good word as, as well. You want to know what she was saying? She was saying, God did all this work for me. God did all this for me. I did nothing. I deserve nothing. Church, you have the same testimony today. If you believe, did I not tell you that you would see the glory of God? That's what our story tells us today we block our blessings when we allow our human logic 
though it may be correct to trump what God has said that he would do. We believe me over believing my master. If you read Matthew chapter 13 verse number 58, the Bible says he didn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. It's the last verse in Matthew chapter number 13. You will be limited uh, in, in your faith. If it's unbelieving faith, it will limit your Lord to what only he can do within the natural. If we don't move the stone or if we do not act on what God has said for us to do because uh, we don't like it or because we don't understand it or because we can't figure it out. Lord, why even move the stone? He's been dead for four days. Surely by now he stinks. Lord, why even give this Hindu girl a New Testament? Lord, why even share my testimony to that lady at Walmart? Why even, why even show that I care to my waitress who's serving me today? Why even do this? Why even do i tell you why. Because if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And I wish somebody would start believing again. Instead of blocking your blessing. If we don't move the stone, who will? We're often limited to the natural due due to what is required or expected on our side in obedience. We can't figure out how God's going to do this. We can't figure out how God's going to do that or where it's going to come from. So we just don't do it. If you believe, he told them, by believing you do what I told you to do, even though it doesn't make a lick of sense to you. That's Alexander County talk right there. Y'all know what a lick of sense is, okay? Doesn't make a lick of sense to you. Sometimes God says, okay, well, if you won't do your part, I'll wait until you decide to believe. I'll wait. I'll wait four days. I'll wait four years. I believe Moses would say, man, if I say I'd wait 40 years. God says, I created the world and you're going to educate me on biology. I know people who think they're smarter than God. God help them. Y'all ever tried to educate God? Tell him why he couldn't do what he said he could do. Hey, go to India. Lord, I can't speak Hindi. I don't know this. Let me tell you something. Somebody, you're looking at a number one excuser right here. I've gave God every excuse in the book. And he said, fool, don't you know that I'm smarter than you are? Don't you know that, that I, am, I am infinite in my wisdom and all you know is your ABCs and one, two, threes? Church, I want you to know something. God is all-knowing. He knows everything about the situation you're going through today as well. God's will, he has, he has a revealed will and he has a secret will. The Word of God says in, in Deuteronomy 29 and 29, it says he has a secret will. He said the secret things belong to the, to the Lord. You, can, you cannot get in on God's secret will if you've ignored his revealed will. What I'm saying is... If you don't do what you know God has commanded you to do, you'll never see the supernatural in your life. You'll never see, you'll never see what God could do if you, never, if you never do what you should do. Does that make sense to you today? You'll, you'll never experience His secret will until you first obey His revealed will, if you will. If, if you don't do what we know that He said to do, uh, He'll not let you in on the secrets of the Savior. You can't figure it out ahead of time because he don't want you to he's the unfigure outable God I come up with that word all by myself okay that's a lot of words put together but don't tell your English teacher that I said that because they will condemn me he's the unfigure outable God his ways are not our ways his thoughts 
are not our thoughts. Isaiah 55 says that. Let me figure God out. Go ahead and get ready to take an Excedrin migraine because, brother, you ain't going to do it. Go to CVS and stock up. Put your mind to the task and hit against the anvil that won't break. Church, I'm telling you, you cannot and will not figure out God. Verse number 41, I want to read this before we conclude today. It says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou, that thou hast heard me. Did you see what it says, then they? He was speaking to Martha. It didn't say then Martha removed the stone. Does, it, does your Bible say that? It says then they removed the stone. Uh, how did the stone get moved? Well, we'll call it Martha's small group, okay? Martha's small group came and got involved in what God was doing. They got together as a team. And notice, he was speaking to her, but they moved the stone. Why did they move the stone? Because Martha couldn't do it by herself. And you might have something in your life that's too big for you to do by yourself today. Your issue's too big. Your stone's too large. It's too deep in the ground. You're not alone in this church. You have a they here with you today. I praise God for those who are here at Sulphur Spring. Brother, be a team. Stay together. Stay focused. Be there for one another because uh, when Martha can't move the stone, they need to get together and help move it whenever that's what God's commanding to do. That was the command in Scripture today. Uh, but this, this situation that, that Martha is in right now, it, it's controlling her. It, it owns her. She can't get past it. Maybe you've got something that's controlling you today, something that's too strong, something that's too big, something you can't stop. If you could have moved it, it'd already be gone, wouldn't it? But you know what? You can't because natural can't move it. It takes something supernatural to do such a thing. There are people here to help today for you to move your stone. It's why we need local church. It's why we need community. It's why we need godly friends. It's why we need those in our life who are godly friends to help us move the stones. Many times God won't move until you move the stone. Did you notice the task at hand? Lazarus is still dead. He's asked them to move the stone. And God's not going to raise Lazarus until you do your part. Did you hear what I said? God may be waiting on you to do your part. Because God has called you to move the stone. I've, I've heard this from, from, from some folks who, who care about my concerns as well. Uh, they're there for me. They've, they've put hands... They put hands on me and prayed for me. They, they, they prayed over us while we're in India. What are they doing? They're helping me move my stone. And I thank you for those of you who pray with me while I'm in India. Help me move my stone. They put their hands as a team and, they, and they're, they're pushing. They're pushing the stone. I remember a bracelet that was out there. I've got the ark bracelet on today. But I remember a bracelet that was out there. It said push. It, it said pray until something happens. He had, Martha had a push team. They, they was going to be there for her until that stone got moved. Didn't matter if they had to pull it, drag it, go get an ox and pull. That was their excavator of the day. Go get the ox excavating team and, and pull. Whatever had to be done, they was going to get that stone out of the way because that's what God said to do. And church, let me tell you something. When God says for you to do something, you ought to do it. Doesn't matter if the team joins you or not. Start the work yourself. If you have to, let others join in. Let, let them see, that, hey, I'm serious about this. This is what God has spoke to me about. And everybody in this place today at Sulphur Springs ought to either be getting help move a stone or helping someone else move a stone. You ought to be one of those two people today. 
You ought to get somebody to help you move your stone because I'm sure you probably got one. Or you ought to be helping someone move their stone because I'm sure somebody in this place has one. And if you've got one today, I hope you've got some team members who will do that for you. That's what the church is supposed to be. People from, from, from all around uh, seeing people who are in need, uh, uh, helping one another to move one another's stone. So they helped her move her stone uh, in this story. Does anybody here have a stone in your life that you need help moving today? Because if you do, I want you to know something. You've got a team here with you. And I hope and pray that y'all ain't too shy to put your hands on a stone and start pushing. Might take a little sweat. You might break a nail, ladies. Guys, you might, you, you might have to put some, some uh, grease away on after you get done. But I, I'm telling you what, God is looking. Did you see what it says? Then they. Verse 41, then they. I circled that in my Bible yesterday in a deer stand. I wrote this from a deer stand yesterday. Started in the morning, finished at 7.30 last night right before dark. And this is what I wrote, then they, then they. Say, when will it happen? When will I see God's glory in our nation again? Then. What's God waiting on? He's waiting on then. Why is he waiting on then? Because he's waiting on then because he's waiting on you to do your part so you'll stop blocking the blessing and let him get Lazarus out of the grave. After you do your part, God will always do his part amen he always does uh, hey he, he never stopped he, he's absolutely the God who will do exactly what he says in his word then he says this prayer in the latter part of 41 father I thank thee he's talking to the father he said we've already agreed on this while I was back there waiting those days while Lazarus passed away and stepped off into eternity and people said boy wouldn't that be great if God would raise the dead, wouldn't it be great if God healed me? Wouldn't it? Let me tell you something. If God heals you, if God raises you from the dead, it's only postponing the inevitable. I don't know if you know this, but Lazarus is still, he's dead now. Some Baptists think he's still alive. He's not. He died after this one. Everybody who's been healed of cancer that I know, somehow or another, whether it be old age, something got them. Say, preacher, something going to get me? Better bet. Are you scared of COVID, preacher? Absolutely not. I'm appointed once to die than the judgment. If it be COVID, if it be cancer, if it be martyrdom, if it be the old mountain road, church, it doesn't matter how I go. I'm going some way. I hope it's a rapture, but at any rate, however it be that I go, I want to say it is well with my soul. I want to know that whenever I leave this place, I'm leaving it in the will of God because I've, I've done exactly what the Lord's asked of me to do. Can you say that today? I've done what you wanted me to do, Lord. The Father, the Father uh, in, the, in the text, he said, Father, I thank thee. He's talking to his Father and he knows the situation these ladies are in. Uh, they're in a stinky situation. They're in a, uh, a heavy situation. They're in a trapped situation. Maybe some of you are trapped here today. You need some help moving your stone. Uh, because behind your stone you know there's life waiting. I want to invite you today to leave Sulphur Springs with life. The resurrection that he offers you. And he said in verse 43. He said 
And when he had spoken thus, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now I've heard people say this. Why didn't he just say Lazarus? Well, he had to be specific because he, had he just said come forth, the entire graveyard would have came forth. There is that much power in Jesus' name and within his words. When, when he spoke, it was a, for a specific request. When, when you need a miracle, it ain't about you and everybody else. It's about you, right? It, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my brother, not my sister, Lord. It's me standing in the need of prayer. Isn't that right? It's specific. You want God to help you in your situation. And church, I want you to know something. He's here to help you in your situation in this graveyard. I was told of a story, because y'all look sad before I close. Up, up in West Virginia, there was a crash in a cemetery. A two-passenger plane hit the cemetery, created a large crater. After three days, the death toll was up to 275. Did anybody listen to the story? There was a two-passenger plane. We say, what do you mean, preacher? The death toll's up to 275. Let me tell you something. Don't go digging too deep because you might miss what he's trying to show you today. Church, I'm telling you, Lazarus was specific in the request. Come forth. Verse 44 and when the dead was come forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, his face was bound about him with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him, let him go. Though he was alive, he was not liberated yet. He was still, y'all ever seen people tied up? Any of y'all been in straight jackets before? Okay, well, some of you, I'm not saying, some of you need, I'm just, I wasn't going to say that. But at any rate, you were thinking it, but anyhow, you, you're, here he is, Lazarus, he's wrapped up in his straight jacket, he can't move, he's, he's waddling. And, and now, now Jesus invites the small group back again. He, he's done his part, because you did your part, now he's going to involve you again. He's did the miracle, what only he could do. But see, God don't want to just do what he can do and leave it at that. He, want, he wants to include you before it. He wants you to see it. Then he wants to include you after it. He said, loose him and let him go. You've got a job to do now too. After this miracle. So what I'm saying is, after you lead someone to Christ, don't just leave them there. Help them out in their walk. Show them what it means to pray. Show them what it means to have a Bible study and a devotion. Church, if, God, if they can't see it in you, who are they going to see it in? He's alive, but he's not liberated. He wants to include them again. He does not want to do miracles that exclude you. He wants to do miracles that include you. And I believe that with all of my heart. Jesus said enough to get it going, but then he lets the believers finish it off. You know, God wants you to participate in your faith. Oh, no, you're talking to me? Be a participant in my faith? Good Lord. Are you actually asking me to do something? Let me, let me read this text to you before I close today. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. It's a very interesting thing. Paul writes to the church of Corinth in that 6th chapter. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. When then as workers together with him. When then as workers work. When then as workers together with him. That's what your Bible says. Work? I got to do something? I, 
Now, you don't have to, let me say, oh, you're talking about a work salvation. No, I'm not. Neither was James. James said these words, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is dead. You can choose whichever route you want to go, but I'm telling you today, you need to put your hand on somebody's stone and help them move it, or you need to get somebody to help you move yours. And after you do, and after you see God do what only he can, then do whatever else he asks you to do. Loose him. Untie. Be, be part of the untie team, okay? Believe, believe on him. And See, everybody wants to come to the tomb and get their blessing, but after the blessing, let's just forget about Jesus, right? Hey, he's alive, he's out, let's go. Yay. We come to church today, we want the genie Jesus. We, we got, hey, Lord, give me my new house, my new car, my new job, my new clothes, my new this, my new that. Give me this, give me, give me, give me. And after you do that, he gets no notification. He gets no glorification. He gets no testimony, no thank you, Jesus. Uh, not, no giving, no testifying, no doing anything. Just It's about me, me, me. And my blessing. He doesn't just bless you to bless you. He blesses you for his namesake. For your impact, for your testimony. For your ministry. The last verse. I know you are glad I'm out of verses right. The last verse says this. It says. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary. And had seen the things which Jesus did. Believed on him. A miracle. Where God has overcame the natural. And accomplished his will. Seen the supernatural. God is still doing miracles today church. Amen. He did one. He did one this past week when I was in South Carolina. You say, what was it? Well, you know what? Put your hand on the stone and you'll get to see one too for yourself and tell about it. Come ask me after. I'd love to tell you about it. God does great things. He does great things every single day of the week. The question is, will you be involved with them? Will you be part? Will you do your part that he's asked you to do? No one knows you better than the Savior does. He he does it to, to impact your testimony so you'll go out and share. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When you get your supernatural, when you see your uh, ministry uh, be used for his glory and, do what, and see God do what only he can, you ought to open your mouth and thank him for it. Testify of him. Say, God, thank you. You came into my grave. You raised me up. You gave me life. Church, you ought to give him the glory to his name if he's done that for you. Would you stand with me? Our musicians coming this morning, heads bowed and eyes closed where you're at in your seat. Scripture makes it clear time and time again, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. It also makes it clear that if we refuse to put our faith before our sight if we're the type of people who must see it before we believe it we may never see what we're asking for God wants to know that we believe what he says even even though our physical eyes don't see it yet it it's critical that you stand where you're at today and and maybe you've got a stone that you can't move by yourself you need to ask some friends to pray with you I don't know how you do your invitations. It's, 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 it's not up to me. But I, I'm saying if you don't come to an altar, that's fine. I don't know where you're at within, within your progress in this so-called pandemic. 
Maybe you need to call a group afterwards and say, hey, I need some, I need some of you to pray with me. Maybe you need to pray where you're at right now this morning. How can I know I'm in the right place to, to get this miracle to occur for me or this blessing to occur for me, Brother Todd? Well, you're doing what you know he's asked you to do. You're doing what you know he's asked you to do. You're doing what you know he has asked you to do. You know you're doing what you know he's asked you to do. Move the stone. Then they. They actually did what he asked them to do. And if you'll do your part, God will always, always do his part. Prove you're a Christian. Not just by your feet. Not just by your faith. It's more than a movement. It's not just about your mouth. It's, it's, it's about your life. Not just about your lips. Move in faith today, Sulphur Springs, on what God has already revealed to you. So you can see His secret will. You can see the glory... Did I not say that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Some of you need to see the glory of God in your situations. I tell you, our nation needs to see His glory. It needs it this morning. Maybe you need to get a stone. Maybe you need to get some, some, some stones out of the way for some family members. Don't know. Maybe you're lost here this morning and you don't know Jesus. If you, if you're there, he died on the cross for your sins, shed his precious blood for you. And if you would repent of that, he said he would be faithful and just to forgive you. Where are you at in the Lazarus story? Have you moved the stone? Are you helping others move theirs? Are you not listening? I, I don't know, but you do. Our Father in heaven, seal your words to our hearts. If there's one lost, may they find you today. If there's those who are here that need help today, would they, would they ask for it? Because only you can. Lord, help us to stop blocking our blessing and allow you to do what only you can. Help us to do our part and to move the stones to help others move theirs. Lord, have your will in these moments as we meditate upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Mark. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.